Hello, brothers and sisters. It's your buddy Luke, Luke Neal. Uh, welcome to the first episode of Born to Rome, the podcast for assholes by an asshole. Uh, today is March the 5th. It's the 5th of March, 2020, this year of our Lord. And uh, I'm in beautiful, sunny Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, enjoying the first rays of spring. Yeah, so we just kind of decided to start a podcast because we had a lot of interest into uh, what we're kind of doing and you know some of the processes behind things. And we'd like to connect with you, good folks out there, from the comforts of your cell phones, your homes. Maybe you're maybe you're on a commute right now, driving into a driving into work, going to go pick the kids up, or uh, uh, going to that uh, Creed concert, whatever, whatever, however, wherever you're listening to this from or watching it from, I hope you enjoy and uh, wish you good tidings in whatever your missions are. So we're doing the podcast basically to also just kind of shine a light on what is kind of happening around here aside from music, because um, I don't know, it's something to talk about. Without further ado, let's get into it. A few weeks ago, we played this show. And it was, uh, it was actually a celebration of life at the Opera House in Toronto. And it was for our late friend, John Box, a fantastic human being who, uh, who was um, sadly passed away last year. But uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful night to celebrate uh, the, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. John Box. And um, we played with Sloan and our friend Tara Lightfoot, some other bands. I'm just kind of drawing a little bit of a blank here, but um, it, was a, it was a very special evening, very special evening. Just for a little bit of background, John Box was, he was a very, very good friend of the band and uh, helped to facilitate a number of really wonderful things for us, including uh, a photo shoot uh, during Master Volume with the legendary Steve Gullick, who is a... British rock photographer who shot Nirvana, Neil Young, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Nick Cave, Oasis, Radiohead, pretty much everybody shot everybody. So John basically found out that we were uh, we were going to be in England and he said, you've got to shoot with this guy. And I'm so certain that you must, that I'm going to pay for it. And he did pay for it. And the arranged sum was 666 pounds. And we had an amazing day shooting shooting photos with this, uh, this uh, low-key legend in the rock world. We kind of picked his brain about, you know, different people he's, he had shot, people that we obviously, like, everyone look up to. And uh, he was full of good stories. And, yeah, that was a very special day. And as well, we have a sneaking suspicion that he was largely responsible for us getting uh, nominated uh, for our... 20, 2017 Juno Breakthrough Artist of the Year Award. Uh, that was the time that I said weed rules uh, into the microphone, and my mom uh, was very disappointed. Uh, but uh, we'll get into that another time. John was a wonderful human being, and it was, uh, it was very touching to have uh, all these people out in support of John and his family. 
and uh, I got to uh, we got we played uh, "Handle with Care" by the Traveling Wilburys, which I think was one of John's favorite songs. And Chris Murphy came up from Sloan and sang with us, which was obviously a, a dream come true. Uh, Sloan rules, and we grew up listening to them a lot and uh, going to go see their shows. So that was really cool. And Tara, the wonderful Tara Lightfoot from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, came up and uh, she ripped on that guitar and sang the hell of that out of that verse. So uh, we had a good time doing that. And then uh, I had a few bevies on board. Let it be known. I was not kind of planning on having to get back up there. And uh, Chris Murphy called me up to sing uh, verse of Money City Maniacs. You know what? I got to admit to you fine people that I actually had to... Uh, I've heard the song a million times. I remember it really well. But in that moment, it was a combination of both nerves and and seven Molson Canadians or whatever uh, flowing through my veins. But I had to uh, look up them lyrics as I was walking out on the stage with my cell phone. There's a funny little clip of me kind of trying to pocket my phone as I'm running out there to grab that verse. But uh, anyways, I didn't butcher it too bad, and uh, I got to sing with uh, Sloan, which is uh, something I never thought I'd get to do. So it was very beautiful. Very, very, very nice evening. Um, and then since then, your boys have been uh, extremely busy uh, just kind of getting together our next record. I am just, uh, I am beyond, I'm beyond excited about that. Uh, I'll get into that in one second, but um, I also wanted to mention that I went to, I went to Russia recently, and this is kind of a bit of a, a tourist's uh, uh, review of uh, Russia. First of all, if you're coming from Canada, it's very hard to get into Russia unless you have specific purposes there. And I went, it took me a while to get a visa. I got in and um, I got to say, it's a, it is a wild place. Moscow is definitely the most intimidating city I have ever been to in my entire life. And uh, I got to say, very, very impressive, uh, though I would say kind of alienating architecture, very imposing. Uh, and uh, but that was still very impressive. I will say, though, the food will fucking kill you. So don't... Uh, don't be casual with your food in Russia because, you know, I ate, I ate one or two bad kebabs, guys, and uh, I got a bit of an iron gut, so I'm all good. Just did a little uh, heaving up later that night, but uh, it could definitely, uh, could definitely ruin your, uh, your week or your life, uh, depending on uh, what kind of kebab you get there. So uh, if I have any recommendations to you, it's to uh, don't go for the cheap food. Do not do that. Put your money into uh, getting a decent meal somewhere because um, you're playing uh, you're playing games with your life there uh, with the kebabs. That being said, wonderful country, lot to see. Uh, definitely felt a little scared from time to time, but uh, that's all part of the adventure of traveling. So uh, there is my idiot's guide to Russia. Go check it out. Let's see. I'm going to get back into talking about the record that we're working on. And I'm not sure exactly when this is going to air. So I'll tell you what I can about it. But we're, we're at the very end of basically aggregating all of the material that we're going to record. And that's always a very strange place for, I'm assuming, most bands to be. Because it's um, you've been putting a lot of time and effort and thought an obsession into getting this all together. And in some ways, 
it's a relief and in some ways it's kind of there's some nervous excitement that uh that what if this doesn't work and what if that doesn't work and uh it's a very strange brew of of emotions around it that definitely changes from day to day but one thing that i've really realized in the process of getting all of this stuff together is that there is no kind of lasting peace or lasting satisfaction um, with 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 these kinds of things. I I always kind of convince myself at the beginning of a crop of songs when I'm kind of struggling to write and it's taking me a while. Don't like any of my ideas and I'm kind of keep working on and keep working on them. I always kind of convince myself that there's going to be a, a tipping point where everything's going to feel fine and all of your problems will go away. And it. It's, it seems very naive to detail that, but it, it there is kind of a strange dreamer fantasy that uh, occurs within my mind that that will be the case once we reach a certain critical mass of material. But it never really gets there. You you definitely get more confident. You feel really good about things, but you never feel totally like this thing is in the bag. But that's, I don't know, that's the whole fun of it. Like if it was, uh, I would say that I, I feel a, a good nervous energy towards it a very it's kind of an but it's based in excitement not anxiety it's uh i'm excited i'm just very interested to see how it's all going to come together it's uh it's a funny brew of tunes funny little batch and uh now i think it's gonna i think it's 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 hard to to say but i i think that we're going to i think we're going to i think we're going to sweep them all i think i think grammys i think junos i think you know, it's, I'm not trying to say we're going to like, like permanently change the face of music, but we're definitely going to like shift like Western culture. Like that's bare minimum, bare minimum. Um, it's going to be a good time. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, I thought I'd just kind of get into uh, a few ideas uh, or just kind of do a little talking about touring. The touring we did like uh, on the back end of Master Volume last year, the Idiot Victory Tour that we did um, of the glorious United States and Canada, the touring that we did with uh, White Reaper and um, the Bouncing Souls. We did a lot of great tours last year, played a lot of big rock festivals. And uh, I thought I'd share some highlights as we're kind of looking back on 2019. Um... I would say one major highlight was definitely we got to play this festival called Epicenter Festival. It was in North Carolina. And uh, on that day, we got to play with the Prophets of Rage. So we met Tom Morello. That was really cool. That was really cool. I was surprised. He like uh, I would have thought he had giant hands, but he has, he has small, precise, strong hands for your guitar players out there. Um, it was very, very nice. Very nice guy. Then later that day, who did we see? Uh, hauling on a jewel, wearing his aviators, watching the band live play from the side stage, Mr. David Grohl. And, uh, we went up and we intercepted him and, uh, we were that assholes, those assholes rather. And we're like, Mr. Grohl, we just love your, your body of work. And, uh, you know, uh, your contribution to music. These are, these are actual things we said. I'm, I, I can't quite remember the specifics. It probably came out more like, uh, can we, uh? but anyways, he was very, very nice. He obliged. 
He took a photo with us. And uh, I think Ross actually said to him, Dave, I love that time you went, Kiku, Kukiku, Kukiku, Kukiku. <laughs> so that was love. That was a great time. That was a great time. We got to meet Dave Girl, got to meet Tom Morello, and we got to see live from the side stage. Other highlights of 2019. We got to the White Reaper tour was a lot of fun. It's been a while. You know, we've got to tour with some lovely bands uh, over the past couple of years, but every so often you get to tour with a band that you really, really, really like and that you're genuinely excited about uh, watching them every single night. And that's not to say that we don't love watching other bands play, but there's 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 a there's a special caliber of band that a few only a few bands that we've toured with uh really occupy for me at least in my mind uh against me was one of them flag was another one white reaper is definitely one of them as well uh white reaper for those who don't know uh please check them out they are awesome they're from louisville kentucky and they are a fantastic rock band uh they kind of mix a bunch of uh kind of stadium 70s kind of cheap trick sounds and the cars with some thin Lizzie guitar action. Very, very awesome musically and great songwriting. Um, so that was just a really, really fun and fulfilling tour because we liked a bunch of songs by them before that happened. And then we got to see them play their new album live and get to hang out and uh, play guitars together and it was just awesome. We had the same, you know, musical gestation. They're a few years younger than us, but we had, we had a very similar taste and our sense of humor is very much so aligned. Um, we both have the same kind of semi-sincere, semi-mean-spirited appreciation of all trash music. So we got along just fine. That was a good time. And then uh, we did Europe with the Bouncing Souls, and that was a great time too. Le the legendary Bouncing Souls from uh, New Jersey, they were fantastic. And very nice guys. And Pete, their guitar player, uh, in, in particular, uh, I really hit it off with him. He's got a... We, we play the same guitar, so it's kind of a guitar player bond. But anyways, we, uh, we had a great time with them. And then we did the Glorious Idiot Victory Tour of the United States, and that uh, that was a new benchmark for us in terms of uh, seeing a, a lot of very enthusiastic people out at our shows. A lot of uh, sweet nil tattoos, people of all generations, backgrounds, and it was uh, just a festival uh, of uh, of volume, and uh, it was uh, it was very very humbling in a in a nice way, just very touching. See so many people out. Particularly uh, New York, I was very, very sick, and uh, I remember when we got on the stage, I said something like, um, I had to get a B12 shot in my ass so that I could play tonight, but I would rather live in North Korea than cancel on New York City. The greatest city in the world! But uh, anyways, great show. Great show. Did get two B12 shots. This is... Uh, Every time we've had to get B12 shots on tour, which do work, um, they say, you know, sir, we don't have to inject this like into your buttock. And uh, I say, well, if I'm paying, that's where it's going. So, yeah, I think you can actually get it anywhere. But um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll just abandon that train of thought. Uh, so, great year. Idiot Victory Tour is definitely my highlight, though. It was uh, lovely to headline, see so many beautiful faces out there. And uh, hear, hear you guys uh, just so uh, enthusiastic about uh, Master Volume, and we played some new songs, and um, just a really good time. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on here. Talk about some uh, some tour, some other touring things. So, on the Master Volume touring cycle, kind of developed a bit of a habit um, that a few members of our touring crew also developed in tandem. We kind of just started this thing. And uh, when you're on tour and you're traveling vast distances each day, it's it's hard to eat right. It's hard to feel, or it's hard to eat in a way that you don't feel like garbage. So you kind of got to experiment with what's got to work for you. Because a lot of times you just, it's just, well, unless we stopped at a grocery store in the morning, you got Wendy's, you got Burger King, you got Taco Bell, you got McDonald's, and then you got, you know, uh, Long John Silvers or whatever the fuck they got. So uh, sometimes, uh, usually the best thing to do is to go to go to the grocery store, get something from the grocery store. So what we started doing is uh, every guy would get a f- whole fucking chicken. And um, when you're on tour for a month, I don't know, at least me, I start to use it as an excuse to uh, de-evolve myself into kind of like a Neanderthal or like a Cro-Magnon. So uh, we started this... Uh, habit of of busting out these uh, chickens in their lovely plastic enclosure take the top bubble off and just crouching down in that walmart parking lot and tearing those birds apart (laughs) with our bare goddamn hands we believe in the environment so we don't use knives and forks don't even use napkins just wipe that shit on your pants and get back in the van so we started doing that quite a bit and uh, honestly, I started feeling better, you know, it's, uh, I'd honestly rather just like kill a whole dirty bird than, than eat at McDonald's. Like McDonald's is good. Like when it's the last gig of the tour and you've already, yeah, a couple, you got a couple of beers on board and you, uh, you want, you just want a Big Mac and like a large fry and a fucking shamrock shake. <laughs> So anyways, that's if you're not vegetarian or vegan or whatever, if you're still uh you're still eating you're still eating birds, I would say advice to touring bands or just hungry people in general. Just go into Walmart, get one of those they're like five dollars, which is it's impressively and kind of scary cheap. Uh but uh, you get yourself a five dollar dirty bird and you tear it apart in the parking lot, just crouched over it like a bunch of cavemen. It's a good time. Give it a shot. That's, to me, the definition of freedom, is eating a full roast chicken in the parking lot from the venue you purchased it from. And I'll leave it at that. In terms of food uh, across the pond, there's no better in England, in my books. If you want kind of a a fast and dirty option, uh, they got this place called Greg's. And if if you know, you know. But uh, if you're traveling over there uh, for, for work or for music or for pleasure, you got to go to Greg's. If you're from Canada, I'll give you a reference point. Think Tim Hortons, but better, uh, but, but British, you know. It's at least, ex- it's a bit more exotic. Uh, not really, though. It's like, it's like meat pies and stuff. But they got this thing called the Steak Bake. 
Guys, it's, this is it's just dynamite. It's just dynamite. It's a it's one pound, which is like sixty dollars Canadian, <laughs> and uh, basically, yeah, it's like it's like steak baked into a, a kind of croissant like pop tart shape. And it's very inexpensive and it's very delicious. But um, the reason why I reference Tim Hortons, it's kind of like they're uh, they're kind of working class blue collar go get your coffee in the morning before you go off to your your job kind of place. I think you're kind of equally likely to see a fight in the parking lot of Greg's and Tim Hortons. So they have that going for them too. But um, a quality place, a quality place. Really like the Greg's, real cheap and uh, just delicious. When it comes to American truck stops though, when you're forced to do it, I don't know, man. There's It's, it's pretty grim. Once you've seen it all, it starts to look... Like there's no options, but I, I, uh, I get the hard boiled eggs. I know that sounds like madness, but, uh, I just, I just can't do the protein bars. Uh, I used to do those regularly and I felt like shit and they're not, and they're not even cheap. So I started, started going to the hard boiled eggs cause they're actually, you put a little hot sauce, a little salt and pepper on them, eat them in the parking lot with your bare hands. Again, true freedom. That's probably my go-to at the truck stop. And um, so I guess it would be helpful um, to for the people that don't play in bands, uh, God bless you, uh, to walk you through what a day on tour looks like. Because I think that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of misunderstood, incorrect mythology around what touring is like. I mean, don't get me wrong. Your wildest dreams, yes. Sometimes that happens. But in general, most days on the road follow a fairly similar pattern, especially if you're in the United States or Canada when you're driving over far distances and you've got to cover some ground during the day. Here's how your day goes. You wake up. You're in your hotel room of some kind. You put on your pants and you walk down to the lobby and you pour yourself some of that hot bean water they're calling coffee. Then... You check your phone, see what's going on. And if you're like me, you like that Nike Shift app or whatever it is, the Nike uh, fitness app, you do some push-ups, you do some pull-ups, you do some jumping jacks, and then you call it a day. Put on a podcast, you get yourself ready back at the room for the day, take a shower, go down, meet everybody in the lobby, say what's up, and then um, get in the van. Probably go uh, go get some little bit of breakfast if you've avoided that poisonous continental breakfast. I can't stress this enough. Don't eat the continental breakfast. It's fucking poison. Don't do it. Just just don't so, like. I mean, you might do it at the, if you if you gotta do it if you're just starting out and you gotta just pinch them pennies. I get it. Do it. But if I gotta eat. Some more of those goddamn powdered eggs one more time. That's it. I'm going to North Korea. I'm done. But anyways, I avoid that shit now. I just cruise right past it. Just cruise past the all-you-can-eat breakfast because there's nothing There's nothing to be gained, guys. There's nothing to be gained from there. If You can just see it when you're walking past. You just see the people that are there. Uh, I'm not commenting on the people. I'm commenting on what they're doing. They're eating these... Waffle sandwiches with, uh, you know, 
butter and Cheetos in the middle, and they're looking up at Fox News, uh, telling them how the country's falling apart. Anyways, I'm not getting into that, but uh, that's uh, the that's the vibe of the Continental Breakfast Crew. So, do you want to be a part of that vibe, or do you want to go fucking live your life? That's what I thought. Walk past that shit. Get in the van. Go to a grocery store. Get a whole chicken. Maybe it may, could be could be a little. It's usually a little early for me in the whole chicken. So that's more of an afternoon type thing. What I usually do is I don't know. I just don't on tour. I don't really eat breakfast, and I just because I just feel like shit sitting in the van like full. Like uh, you've kind of got to build your day around what's going to make you feel the best in the van because that's six to eight hours of your day on average six hours i'd say is good average sometimes it's two sometimes it's four sometimes it's ten like you just don't like it it changes obviously so you've got to do what you need to to feel good in the van that means reading materials that means switching up the drivers that means having a tablet with some movies or shit on it i like to bring a book i write a lot of shit in it and um i like to uh yeah, I don't know. I try and like just do little creative things so that I don't feel like I'm just a like a, a zoo animal being taken to the next carnival town. That is up to the individual on how they get that done, though. That's part of self-discipline. You've got to make that part work for yourself. Those are just some of the things that I do. And I'm not always successful at it. Sometimes it really wears on you. But you've got to fight back against it and, uh, you know, listen to some music, put some podcasts on in the car, tell some stories with the boys. You know, you got to cut it up. You got to have good... Like, I'm not saying it's always like that, but sometimes, you know, there's a... When you've been on tour for a long time, it starts to feel kind of strange. So that's what you've got to really focus on in my books is just breaking up that time. Then you get to the venue... Unless you stop at a truck stop. Oh, that's, I got to mention that. So I know I've already touched on this a little bit, but the truck stop is the great, like, oasis on that wide open interstate highway. You see the truck stop, you know, I'm probably going to get myself something a little naughty just to fucking give myself some endorphins because I've been sitting here like uh, a vegetable on this fucking seat. Uh, for like two hours, <laughs> three hours, four hours, whatever. I need to stretch my legs and eat a Rolo. <laughs> so you go into those gigantic truck stops. And first of all, you notice all the tchotchke shit that they got for sale. The pilots, the flying J's, all these, all these different franchises. They're all the same. But... First thing you'll notice is they have fucking swords. Why are they selling swords at the truck stop? And I'm not talking like, you know, little knives. I'm talking about fucking like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings swords. Um, so you look at those for a while. Just uh, what do they got at this one? So kind of look at look at the swords. Look at uh, the the neon glow, the neon kind of haze of snacking options and the beverages are like this kind of, they have this nuclear radiation kind of, you know, you got your mountain dews and your, you know, it's just, it's got the whole thing has just a glow, a glow that just lets you know that this is all poison, but I'm going to partake. Um, so sometimes you got, you just got to get yourself a, a tasty little something. Keep the keep them serotonin uh, molecules going. 
Uh, and then you get your vanilla flavored coffee. And then you stand in the parking lot looking at your bandmates and you guys go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And then you get back in the van and then you, you know, you've probably put on some, we like to blast rap music or Sugar Ray, especially when we're on like that sugar high, you got to get the Sugar Ray and the, uh, the little DMX, little NSYNC, who knows, who knows on what, who knows what we're going to do on that day. And then, um, once you get to the city, uh, that you're going to usually, uh, you just go straight to the venue, you load that thing in, you sound check, you go get a little bite to eat, and then you play the show, and then you pack it all up, and you go to the hotel, and then you just do it again the next day. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, I kind of glazed over, glossed over rather that last segment of the playing the show part, which is obviously the point of every day. But I think that you can imagine that that's a really amazing experience. I think you can kind of fill in with your imagination why that's so gratifying and awesome. But, uh, I just wanted to illuminate somewhat the other 16 hours of the day or so that are, you know, unspoken for. And uh, as I said, it's truck stops, flavored coffees, and high fructose corn syrup-related deaths. So yeah, so I just want to circle back and talk about the recording. Uh, anyways, I can't talk about it a ton because I haven't written any of the songs yet. No, I'm just kidding. We, we got all the songs together. I'm very excited. I just don't think that we've ever been playing better as a band. I'm just so, I just feel so good about what we've made even though it's not quite made yet it's the uh we've arranged all the paints let's just say that it's, we've got the ideas i feel like i'm a very very lucky person that i get to be in a band with uh kyle and ross i think they're two just fantastic players and uh kyle is um my longtime musical collaborator we've been playing in this band together since we were 16 and we're 29 now kyle's 30 Kyle has a, an appreciation of hip-hop beats and all these kinds of things that really just inspire me to make things around them, and um, we just have a lot of fun doing our thing. He's just really, really, really fucking good, and I love him, and I'm very proud to play with him. And Ross can play anything on the bass and is super funny. Also kind of inspires uh, me to pull different things from myself. He just brings a fun um, atmosphere that we really all gel together on. That is, uh, as I said, I'm just, I feel very, very lucky to get to do what I do. And um, I'm very proud of what we're about to make. You know, I think we should, uh, I think we should include uh, some uh, tissues with the new, uh, new release because uh, y'all are going to cry. Y'all are going to cry tears of joy. I just got to say, it's all for the children. It's all for the children. And we just feel so blessed that we can help the children with our music. And that's pretty much all I can like really say about this shit. Like, I will say that it fucks. It fucks. This 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 album's gonna frig. I'm just super excited, as you can tell. It's gonna be a good time. Well, guys, uh, yeah, thank you for making it uh, this far into the episode. And uh, just wanted to say, uh, we're very excited to begin this, and 
uh, connect with y'all motherfuckers this way because um, uh, it's exciting. It's an exciting new uh, way to uh, broadcast. So uh, I'd like to just kind of outline some of our plans for future episodes of Born to Rome. Uh, we're going to have some amazing guests on this thing. And I can't tell you exactly who, but they might be Ross and Kyle at some point. And uh, also, we'll probably have uh, Dave Grohl, uh, probably have Tom Morello once they respond to my emails. Uh, should be any day now. Uh, yeah, just like huge, huge celebrities like that. Like, uh, it's going to be great. So definitely want to keep tuning in. On the next episode, I'll be sitting down with... Uh, one Kyle Starchild Fisher and interviewing him about a variety of things. Definitely a lot of politics. Kyle's a really political guy. And uh, no, he's not. He doesn't, he's not political at all. Uh, he, I don't know. He's, never mind. Just ignore that. Um, Kyle's really into photography, rock and roll, and mayonnaise. I'd say that's a pretty accurate list. Uh, <laughs> of Kyle's immediate interests. Oh, he loves movies as well. Uh, but he loves mayonnaise more. Um, okay, so that's uh, all I've got for you, lovely people today. Um, I'm Luke Bentham, and uh, thank you for listening to Born to Rome. See you next time.